Today I'm going to be finishing up the, uh, the series of messages on Isaiah, and we're at Isaiah 58 now. It's very appropriate that uh, Lydia came and shared uh, with us about the ministry of silver lining because it is so appropriate for uh, this message of people that have given their lives to, um, to um, relieve the pains and the hurts of others. And um, a while back, um, as I was studying the book of Isaiah, the Lord gave me a song, and I want to share it with you. Uh, do we have the words? Ages past, the prophet spoke. People refused the antidote to turn away from their sin. Let the Lord reign in them, who's on the throne of your life. Is it him or is it sin? I'm not saying that Christians don't sin, but when we do, we better run to him. In repentance and quietness, we'll be blessed. Yes, we'll find rest as we trust. As we trust in the Lord Headaches, heartaches The tension builds, the tension makes All our problems, they seem so real Why don't we let the Lord in? He can heal in repentance and quietness will be blessed. Yes, we'll find rest as we trust, as we trust in the Lord. Jesus still speaks today. Hear his word and then obey. Give him all of your life. He's going to see you through. He's going to make it right. In repentance and quietness, we'll be blessed. Yes, we'll find rest as we trust, as we trust in the Lord. You know, that was the message that Isaiah gives throughout the whole book. Who are you trusting in? And as we study uh, the book of Isaiah over and over again, the people refuse to place their trust in God. And the result of that are the consequences of sin. And so uh, today I want to talk about chain breakers, about breaking the chain of sin and how that happens 
in a person's life. And so I'm going to need some help here. So I'm going to call on a couple people here. I I need two big, strong, bald men. And so they're going to be our chain gang. It's Felix and Ramon. Let's give them a hand. You guys can put on the gloves here. These guys are going to be our chain holders, the chain gang. And then we need, uh, I need to have the tool man here, Mr. Elio. Come on up here, Mr. Elio, the tool man. He knows about every kind of tool. In fact, he looked at my tools. He said, I could have got you much better tools. <laughs> so here we are. We have these tools here. Elio, what is this thing? The wire cutter, right? You know, I tried to do some work at my house, uh, taking down an old fence. I tried to use this to cut the fence. It didn't work. So I went out and I bought one of these. What is this? Yeah, it's a chain cutter. It's a chain cutter. It works very nicely. Cut down my fence really good. But you know what? We're talking about big chains here. I need a football player. I need Brad to come up here. Brad, come on. So we're talking about heavy-duty chains. Now, what I'd like to do is uh, we're going to watch Brad with the help of Elio. Uh, You guys come on up here. You guys take one step down, the chain gang. Yeah, because I want everybody to be able to see this. So here we have our first chain here. Now, this is a pretty, pretty good chain here. Now, Brad, which, which uh, instrument are you going to use for this? Do you want to use this? <laughs> Brad, Brad, Brad. Take a different one. Ask Elio. Yeah, that one. All right, Brad. Got to have the proper chain cutter. Oh, there we go. Give me a hand. We got chain number two, though, here. Oh, we got this dirty old rusty chain here. All right. You want to consult with Mr. Toolman? The big one. Whoa. Whoa, be careful. That thing is heavy, man. Whoa! The ultimate test. Heavy-duty chains. You know, the Bible says we are to loose or break the chains of those that are struggling in their lives. And so we need to be chain breakers too. So I don't, I'm not sure. if We've never tested this. Sometimes some chains are hard to break. Yeah. All right. Good job. Thanks, guys. Good job. You know, we talked about being chain breakers. We sang earlier, Amazing Grace. Uh, My chains are gone. I've been set free. And really, Jesus is able to set us free from uh, the chains of sin. 
And he does that so miraculously when we come to know him and accept him in our lives. What would you guys do with the chains? Oh, they're right up there? Okay. Because I want to illustrate something here. Because really, you know, we were were in... uh... Oh, yeah, this this is enough. We were uh, talking in our Alpha group this week, and we were talking about the power of God's forgiveness. And it says that we all, like sheep, have gone astray. And when we go astray from God, what happens in our lives is we fall into sin. And when we fall into sin, the sin, the Bible says, you can become a slave to your sin. Because the person that sins becomes the slave of that sin. We think that we're in control of our lives, but really, sin can become in control of our lives. And this can even happen to believers who fall into sin, even from their past, or things that they've never dealt with before God. And what happens is, when sin comes into our life, it can chain us. We can be chained to those sins. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And what happened is, when Jesus died on the cross, what happened? He took our sin so that we could be free. So that, yes, our chains are gone. I've been set free. My God has ransomed me. Why? Because the sin was laid upon Jesus. And not only the sin, but the consequences of sin. And the chains of sin were laid on Jesus Christ. So today I want to talk about how we can also be used by God to be chain breakers. Because not only does God just save us for um, and being set free, but he doesn't want us just to be set free and just do whatever we want to do in our lives. He wants to be the Lord of our lives. And so there's a verse in Galatians that talks about this type of freedom. For you have been called to live in freedom. You're not a slave anymore to sin. My brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And it's a beautiful picture of becoming a chain breaker. It's a beautiful picture of being able to help others who are caught in the chains of sin or circumstance in their lives And they need to be set free. And the only way that they're going to be set free is if they hear about the gospel. But even other times, if they're helped to be set free. Just like Lydia has shared about some of the orphans that she's been able to help. That Silver Lining has been able to help. You serve one another in love. Isaiah 58, verses 3 and 4, says something about this. And it talks about the people of Israel who are trying to pray and fast and get closer to the God, but they're not making any connection. God isn't blessing them. And one of the reasons is this. It says, why have we fasted, they say, and we have not seen it, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and striking each other with wicked fists. And it's a picture of the people of God who said, I'm going to go to church or I'm going to go to the the temple 
and I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray and God, you're going to bless me. And then they walk out of that place and they begin to argue with others. They begin to exploit their workers. They begin to cheat and lie to others. And so what's happening in the temple is not happening outside. And that's the same thing that can happen in our lives. We can come to church, but there's no change when we leave. And sometimes it's because we have our priorities wrong or we, we don't have the Lord as the number one priority in our lives. It was happening in Isaiah's day, and it can happen to us too. So God, through the prophet, rebukes the people of God for their ritual of fasting because the Holy Spirit-led fasting and prayer is very powerful. And so this is what it's, it's comparing to. You know, so they understand and know that fasting and prayer is so important. I don't know if you've ever experienced a time of fasting and prayer in your lives, but every year for 21 days, we set aside 21 days for fasting and prayer in our church. And it's going to be coming up on October 27th. And what it is, it's a time to draw closer to the Lord, but it's also a time to intercede for other people that we want to see understand the gospel or to have their chains broken, chains of sin broken in their lives. And so we pray and we take that time and we focus our prayers on helping others. And then we also do an evaluation of our own life, where we're at with the Lord. Have we been doing religious things without our heart or without the leading of the Holy Spirit? And so God begins to work and move. And I always love the times of 21 days of prayer and fasting because I reorient my life according to what God wants. And so sometimes it's self-denial. We don't, we don't tell people to stop eating for 21 days. Don't get me wrong here. We tell people, stop using the media for 21 days. Stop gaming for 21 days. Stop watching TV for 21 days. Or skip a few meals in between and spend that time focusing on the Lord. So you fast one or two meals or a day or two days. And then you refocus your life on the Lord. And when we do that, God begins to work and move in special ways. Now, Isaiah then told the people of God what real fasting is. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? And when you see the naked, to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. You see, when we hear about ministries like Silver Lining or Teen Challenge or Camp Comanche, we understand and know that these are people that have dedicated their lives to helping others to be free, for their chains to be loosed and broken. And God has called all of us to that. Not just those ministries, but to join or partner with them. And even as Lydia has spoken today, we need to be praying for that little girl that should get that operation. We need to be praying and supporting uh, the mission of Silver Lining so that we can see others be set free and find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and to be healed to be made whole and to understand his love and his purposes in, your li- in their life. And this is really what God has called all of us to. In some way, sometimes we get to partner 
and be a, be a um, walk with those that are out on the front lines. Not now everybody can go to Myanmar or go to Vietnam, but I think there is going to be a missions trip going in April. If you want to go to Myanmar, there may be an opportunity for you to do that and actually see firsthand what goes on there. But we join like we do tonight when we have a banquet. We sacrifice what we have so that others can be helped. That's a part of spiritual fasting. It's a part of true fasting, denying self and giving and supporting the ministries of others. And this is what happens when we do that. He, he, even, he even says, and don't turn away from your own flesh and blood, meaning not only love the people in Myanmar and Vietnam, but love the people that are right next to you in your own family. Your own brothers and sisters, your own family and your relatives. And, and be, a, be a person that looks to give and to love and to serve others, even in the midst of the sphere of influence that you have. What's the benefit of self-denial, praying, fasting, caring for others in the power of the Holy Spirit? What happens when this is done in the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm not just saying do a religious activity. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when God is leading you and directing you and you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to help and to serve and to love others, what happens? Your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. And your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then you will call and the Lord will answer. You'll cry for help. And he will say, here am I. What happens? God begins to break your chains. God begins to free you up with a capacity that you never thought you had. I remember in 2009 when I first met Chris and Lydia. They were working out of their home mostly. And they were taking care of disabled orphans that had grown up. And it was just the beginning of their ministry. They had been doing that for four years. But now, look what has happened. The capacity has, I don't know how many, how many times it is, but it is beyond. When I hear of 200 orphans in Myanmar that are going to be helped, God is just blessed. He has expanded their capacity to care for others. And he does that when we turn to him. And it's not just the amount of people, but it's even just one person who gets set free, and that person can go and help somebody else. Look at what it says here. Then you'll call, the Lord will answer, you'll cry for help, and he will say, here am I. When you look at those words, here am I, they're the same words that Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6, when God was calling him. And God was saying, who will go for us, and who should we send And you know what Isaiah said? He said, here am I. Send me. Now it's reversed. Because Isaiah has answered the call, now God is saying, here am I. I'm with you. Wherever you go, whatever happens, I'm going to be with you and strengthen you and give you the capacity to do what I've called you to do. It's a beautiful, beautiful conditional promise that God gives us. When we'll be involved in having our chains set free personally, 
and then being involved in being chain breakers, God promises to give us the help that we need. He's right with us. He's involved in our lives. And then he goes on to say, if you stop, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger and malicious talk, aren't we living in a day and age where everybody's pointing fingers and there's malicious talk all around us? There's, it, it's happening in the U.S., it's happening in Hong Kong, it's happening all over the world. And God is looking for people that will not be malicious talkers and finger pointing, but they will actually be chain breakers. They take the tools that God has given them, the power of the gospel, and be able to then come to the aid of others. It may just be one person. It may be that God is joining you to, you know, say, yes, I want to sponsor a child at Silver Lining. That may be where you start. But it may be in your own home. It may be a relative that you know needs the Lord, but they're not open at all, and you begin to pray for them. That begins the chain breaking. God begins to work in their lives. So as you'll spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your light will become like the noonday. And it's a beautiful picture of renewal of hope. That's what this series has been on, right? That God wants to renew our hope and restore our hope in him. And that happens when we get involved and join God in what he's doing. And what, there's another promise here. It says, <clears throat> the Lord will guide you always. You'll satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and it'll strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like spring whose waters never fail. And your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and raise up the age-old foundations. And you'll be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets with dwellings. What a beautiful picture of somebody that is set free from sin. And then they go about helping others be set free. And what happens then? (laughs) People are restored. People are given hope. People then begin to join God in his kingdom and spread that love to others. So I want to close with this. What are some steps that you can take to experience chain-breaking faith or to become a chain-breaker yourself? What are some things that you can do? One is begin to pray and fast in the Holy Spirit, taking the time to humble yourself before the Lord. This is not something that you can just join the Peace Corps. And, you know, I mean, you can do that. But if you want to be spiritual chain breaker, when you do social justice combined with the gospel, there is powerful results. Social justice without the gospel will lead to temporary, possible temporary results, But when you combine the power of the Holy Spirit, where people's chains, you can't see them, but their souls are chained, and their hearts are chained up, and there's a hardening. They they don't know. The the past cannot be dealt with. The only thing that can deal with the past of our sin and the consequences of sin and the bondage of sin is the power of the gospel. The gospel is able to do that. 
And so when we humble ourselves before the Lord, God begins to speak to us and he directs us to the people that he wants us to be involved in and possibly using us to break their chains or to help them come to the chain breaker. The ultimate chain breaker is the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And this is what we see in the book of Acts. If you were to study the book of Acts, you'd see that the the church is guided by the Holy Spirit and sent to certain places and marvelous things happen, like what Isaiah talked about. Look for ways that you can help the hurting, the lonely, the oppressed experience freedom in Christ. So we look out in the world, and we don't look at people the same way. If we understand that we were once in chains of sin and deception and believing the lie instead of believing the truth of God, if we understand that, if we understand we used to be that way and it's only by God's grace that he's changed us and set us free, then we can be used by God to understand Not to point a finger at somebody that's struggling, but to come alongside them and offer them the truth of the gospel, the hope that we found in Jesus Christ. Look for ways that you can be involved. And then be a chain breaker through your prayers, through your loving words and actions to all people. And God doesn't want us to limit ourselves just to the people in our church or people just that are friends. He wants us to reach out to the stranger. He wants us to reach out to others. Sometimes he wants us to go to the, the places that are the most darkest and difficult and the people that seem like it's impossible to reach them or help them. And then he proves himself to be the great chain breaker and the one that can free people from their sin. And I want to encourage you The other thing to do is to support the chain-breaking ministries that you see around. And this is what our church is called to do. I really believe it. God has always called our church to be involved in chain-breaking ministries, to support them, to work alongside them, to help them in whatever way that we can, and to see God bring deliverance and healing and freedom to people. And as we do that, I believe the light will break forth, the dawn will break forth in your life and my life. More and more we'll understand that. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today to us. We ask, Lord, that you will do that chain-breaking in our own life. Lord, that you'll break every chain in our life. And Lord, cause us to rise up like an army and join you in breaking chains of sin and injustice in the world. Lord, help us to be involved with ministries that clothe the orphan, that reach out to those that are in need, that bring medical help to people that don't have any hope for that. Unless you intervene, unless your church comes alongside. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you can do and how you can work and move. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. Use us. Set us free so that we can serve and love one another the way you so desire. We pray in Jesus' name.